curiosity. It's a force that drives us all. Even from before we can remember, one of the main reasons we did anything at all was to satisfy this curiosity. Anything from reading new books, visiting a different country, or even just learning to walk, it all comes from this driving force of curiosity. But is the world around us set up to help this curiosity manifest, or to hinder its progression? And should we be able to be guided by our own compass and dive into it and follow curiosity's path? What can we uncover? With music from Cody Crabb, writing by Nicole Mello, I'm Hayden Lee. This is Travel Stories Podcast. Today we're joined by Mike Corey, who runs KickTheGrind.tv and the Kick the Grind YouTube channel. He is a breakdancing marine biologist turned travel videographer who, in his own words, captures our world with a curiosity that comes from never growing up. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very, very well. Nice to finally talk. Yeah, man. It's uh, It's been a while. We've been trying to set this up. We've uh, we failed a few times, but we're finally here, man. We're finally here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think trying to wrangle travelers is like wrangling cats, right? We're always everywhere all the time. Mate, tell me about it. It's, it's the, the most difficult thing about doing this show is trying to get to talk to these travelers because it's like, yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in Bulgaria and then I'm flying out to Mexico tomorrow, but then I've got about half an hour's late and it's like, man, and then there's all the time difference. Differences. <laughs> you know? It's absolutely crazy, man. Even knowing if you're going to have great Wi-Fi or not, that is basically one of the necessities of life for us. And it's hard to promise something. And then, well, we've all been in the States. Oh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll send that when we get to Cambodia or something when we get to this place or we'll, we'll talk on Skype and then the Wi-Fi just bombs out and you can't do anything. That's exactly it, man. That happens so much. And it is totally a necessity. It's like, you know, roof over your head, you know, shelter, food, Wi-Fi. You know, with those three things, you're absolutely fine. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think for a lot of us, we started off traveling to get disconnected from from technology web and now we we need it to continue to travel it's a bittersweet bittersweet relationship actually you got to watch that stuff yeah it's really weird how it's turned around like that like you say you go out to kind of yeah to disconnect from everything so you don't you know not to be in touch with anyone that maybe you don't want to be in touch with or maybe you do but disconnecting from that and then learning who you are by yourself in the wilderness but you've always got a bit of 3g you know what i mean like <laughs> man i was in um i was in john lennon's meditation pod in rishikesh india back in the 60s he had a meditation meditation pod i was in there full 3g signal ridiculous <laughs> so cool you know right next to the ganges oh, i'll just post a little instagram picture you know <laughs> i know right it, it's 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 a beautiful thing uh, but at the same time i mean especially for the, those of us who work on computers every every minute every of every day it's just an assault of, of notifications and emails and 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 distraction uh things that pop up i mean every platform you work on there there's distractions on the side whether it be ads or qcat videos and you really have to watch yourself because uh, you can get just sucked into these big voids and you lose hours of, of every day just uh being unproductive anyway um for, for a lot of us travelers i think it's it's, it's always something we have to think about or we don't think about what we should is, is how much time just goes away in, into this tech stuff and are we traveling are we traveling and staying too connected i mean the whole point the reason why a lot of us get started is just to soul search and it's really hard to soul search when you can't spend 
a minute by yourself without pulling your phone out, right? We're all guilty of it. It's a, it's a hard addiction to battle. Absolutely. It's really a double-edged sword where you're always connected to everyone at any time. And that's kind of, kind of nice. But then also you're always connected to everyone all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't do, you can't get away, you know? Well, I suppose you could just turn your phone off. It's not that hard. But when you're working on the internet and you're working and you need the Wi-Fi and everything like this, like you say, it's a little harder. Now you have these three values and I absolutely love these, man. I've been professing these myself for years in different forms, and I really love them. And what I want to do is go through each of them individually and really get down to them because these are brilliant, man. So the three values, what would you say is the first one, man? I'm assuming you're talking about creativity over conformity. There you go. (laughs) Man, I love that one. Creativity over conformity. That's like... I kind of, I think I came to this when I was younger. Everyone was, you know, doing what everyone says and everything. And like you said, creativity is kind of, it's kind of squashed a little bit. You try and go out and do your own thing, but I I feel like people don't really want you to go out and do your own thing in certain places in the world, you know, and it's, it's hard to do that. But I think once you do start doing that, it's, you know, you get the ball rolling and you really go with it and travel, I think helps that. But what do you think about it, man? Yeah, well, I made those those three values of my brand a while ago when I started to realize that I just didn't fit the, the normal mold uh, that everyone else seemed to fit in society. And uh, as a kid, it was it was hard being a kid that that was different. I mean, I wasn't ever a cool kid. I wasn't ever good at speaking. I wasn't any of these things. I just liked looking for bugs. I liked drawing. I liked uh, kind of being by myself. And <laughs> I realized that. I, at first, I thought that was a, a bit of a problem because I was never invited to the parties and stuff, and I didn't drink until I was nineteen or eighteen, and because uh, I just I didn't didn't feel like I could relate to a lot of those kids. So uh, when you grow up a little bit and you become a bit more sure of yourself, I I realized that that is a good thing uh, because in this world, being different is interesting, and interesting is is very 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 powerful. Uh, so creativity is something that you have to nurture and it's very easily lost as kids we were everyone's creative when they're kids because they're not held back by who they should be or what they should be doing or or who thinks what about their creations and so at some point as you grow up that just gets that that gets squashed and squashed and squashed gets pushed back pushed back pushed back and then all of a sudden you say you're not creative everyone can be creative uh, but it seems to be the cool thing to fit in and, and not be different. If you're creative, you 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 suffer the the chance of of being criticized, uh, people saying your work's not good, or people judging what you do. It's not a really a good feeling, and it takes some 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 experience to build up a callus to that. But being creative is one of the most beautiful things on the planet. And I don't like hearing when people say I'm not creative because they're choosing not to be. Everyone can be creative. It's just a practice that takes takes some time. Yeah, man. And it's kind of like going back to that childlike wonder, like you're saying, travel can really help that childlike wonder. You know, you know, when you're a kid and you just, you, well, you do anything you want when you're a kid. It doesn't matter. You don't care if some guy is going to say, Hey, you didn't do that right or something like that. You just do it, you know? And it's, I always look for those things which allow us to go back to that mindset, you know, which allow us to go back to, it doesn't matter what society thinks, what this guy thinks, what that guy thinks, what all those guys think. I'm going to do this because it's what I want to do and like you say being creative which needs to happen a lot more in uh, well in my life in everyone's life man creativity is absolutely key now so the second one curiosity over compliance curiosity that's a big one especially in travel man curiosity can you talk a bit about that one 
Totally. Uh, man, um, I think it's the most important quality someone can have because what it does is it allows you to get excited about learning. And I think we all get a bit bent out of shape as far as learning goes through school because the school system doesn't do, doesn't do a very good job for a lot of people getting people psyched up about learning new things uh, because you only learn a handful, right? It's like math, sciences. But the world's so full of amazing things to learn. It could be fire poi, spinning fire on chains. It could be painting. It could be, you know, learning about the finer points of running. Like everybody has interests in their life that you can learn a lot about. And and it just makes you feel so so happy. And people people call a lot of other people smart often. And Sure, uh, there are some some naturally very intelligent people, but I think curious people get labeled as, as smart quite often only because they find the beauty in a lot of small little things that people overlook. If you're curious, you have the desire to learn new technologies, to dive headfirst into new projects, and to just always be asking questions. And in a world where there's lots of snake oil salesmen and diet pills and all these special fancy devices to make you lose 20 pounds in two days – Asking questions is very powerful. Asking questions is something that is that, that isn't done often enough. And once you learn a bit about how the world works by asking these questions and always discovering things on your own, you can be almost bulletproof to to a lot of the the bullshit that just gets thrown around. And I think it's a very important quality for those reasons. Is that because you learn a lot about just the the the, the basics of how humans work how the world works and also you, it's a very employable skill too because you're always trying to push yourself a bit farther to learn a bit more to to expand your horizons see i think let me just check i'm pretty sure you're the first breakdancing marine biologist we've had on the show i'm pretty sure <laughs> there may have been a few more but <laughs> but no that's that's totally down to the curiosity man so it's like you know and this is a question i wanted to ask you so so say you find yourself not yourself personally say you find yourself with a with a degree or something and you went into it because maybe maybe you were pushed into it maybe it's what you excelled at in school so you went into it and you find yourself with this degree for example i don't know anything audio engineering like myself i think there's a lot of ways with with any of those subjects to follow the curiosity in it, if you have a thirst for travel, to tie it into travel, you know? I mean, I was thinking about yourself, biology, you've tied it into travel so well, you know, your underwater videos and, you know, knowing all about what's going on there and being able to accurately have that come across. And then with myself as well, I'm an audio engineer and this is what we're doing right now. And I think, I don't reckon there's anything, any subject in school that you couldn't tie into travel if you have that thirst for travel, you know? What do you think, man? People often think the travel lifestyle is a difficult thing to achieve and, and they can't do it. I, I think it's a very, very flexible profession. Maybe not travel being the, the front and center point of it, but if, if you are good at anything uh, and you want to get more into travel, you can always find opportunities to speak to, to go to conferences, to go find, you know, the roots of a cuisine, for example, or do a little workshop with a, f a famous artist or whatever it is, uh, if, if you get good enough. So I, I really think if you're looking to travel and you have other passions, it's very easy to, to add travel to uh, whatever passion you already have. Yeah, man, that's an absolutely great way of putting it, adding travel to the passions that you have, because melding them together, maybe you could find a way to travel consistently or make it work, you know, some, something like that. I absolutely love that, man. Now, this last one, I want to leave until after the story, make a little teaser right there. So you've got a story for us today, man? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, it took me a while to pick exactly the one I wanted to share with you, but I do have a pretty fun one. Wicked. I can't wait. Where does it take place, dude? It is in the central part of Australia in the outback. Kind of near Alice Springs, that type of place? It was near Alice Springs, actually. Right. And if you could give this story a name, what would you call it? Right. The story I'll be telling today is going to be called Hypothermia in the Desert? Question mark? Uh, Sounds like a question. (laughs) Question mark at the end. I love it. (laughs) Okay, brilliant. Right then, you're listening to the Travel Stories podcast, and this is Mike Corey with Hypothermia in the Desert. When I was a kid, my family was big into cartoons. We had all the Bugs Bunny VHS tapes. We had all the Disney tapes. And there was one that we had, and it was called Fifle Goes West. And this film was about a little mouse who, I believe he had to go to the Australian outback to save an eagle. When I was getting into travel, uh, one of the first opportunities I had was to go to the Australian outback uh, for the first time. And all of my knowledge of the Australian outback really at that point was from the movie. I mean, always you can research things online, but once you start to travel a lot, you do less planning, it seems, every single time. So I arrived in the outback uh, very ill-prepared. You'd think this giant red desert would be warm. No, it was actually quite cold, and the seasons are opposite down there. So if it's summer in North America, very hot. It's winter down in Australia. So I had this tour lined up, and we were going to see Uluru, uh, the Olgas, which are these giant, beautiful mountains, very iconic in Australia. And they're in the middle of the desert just these standing monoliths of stone in the middle of thousands of kilometers of basically nothing. There's not really much out there, just sand, uh, some pretty scary snakes, and these, these giant stones. So they were beautiful to see, these, these tall, tall, tall mountains uh, in the middle of nowhere, great photo opportunities. There was a group of us, and we were traveling around and very happy to be out there. For a lot of us, we'd never seen anything like it before. Now, that night, one of the highlights of the trip was being able to sleep under the stars because in that area of the world, there is no light pollution. It is absolutely gorgeous at night. And there are more stars than you could ever, ever imagine. Every direction, it was almost like a carpet of light just stretching all across the sky. Like I said, it was it was quite cold, and so out of our small group, there was really no volunteers to sleep under the stars that night. We had these canvas tents to keep us warm with all these blankets. However, f- for myself, a little cold wasn't going to hold a Canadian back from, from seeing this gigantic light show above my head. So we all sat around the campfire, we were telling stories, telling jokes. It was a great night, having a couple drinks. Midnight rolled around and it was time for us to go to bed. We had an early morning. The guide said, all right, everybody, who wants to sleep under the stars? And everybody kind of looked awkwardly at each other and nobody wanted to actually sleep underneath the stars. It was very cold at that point, probably close to five degrees Celsius. I had come all the way from Canada to Australia and wasn't going to go to sleep underneath the stars. So everyone else went back into the canvas tents. I rolled my little my little cot out, placed it next to the fire, 
cuddled underneath the blankets and was looking up at the sky as I slowly fell asleep to the, the warmth of the fire beside me. At that point, it got quite cold. The fire had gone out. It was probably about 2 a.m., and my entire head was under the blankets. I had carved this small little alcove so I could breathe fresh air, and I was getting quite cold. I was shivering. And then I fell back asleep. I woke up again 30 minutes later. I was still under the blankets, and I couldn't see anything. It was pitch black, but strangely enough, I was warm. I was really warm. I was almost sweating. It was really strange because half an hour before that, I was shivering cold. And so I, I was trying to process what was happening in my sleepy brain. And I realized all of a sudden that the only explanation from going from shivering to sweating would be hypothermia, that I was dying of hypothermia. So I shot up, I pulled the blankets down and directly in my face, I was met with the eyes of a wild dog. There was three of them, and we were all staring at each other. So what had happened is that they were cold. I was cold. They found this warm human being curled up on a cot, and we we're all sharing this small little space together. There was one on my chest, one on my feet, and one curled behind my legs. And at first, I was quite scared. I didn't know if I was in a dangerous situation or not, but we were all just kind of looking at each other, surprised, and so I laid back down, they laid back down, and I had a beautiful sleep for the rest of the night. I woke up the next morning at about 5 a.m., they were gone. It was just me. I was telling the group the next day, and our guide didn't even think anything of it. He goes, oh, you know the band Three Dog Night? I said, yeah, some 80s, 90s group from forever ago. And he goes, yeah, that's exactly where it came from. Last night you had a three-dog night. Congratulations. That was a very authentic Australian experience. And that, to this day, has been one of the most incredible travel experiences of my life. That was Mike Corey with Hypothermia in the Desert. Mike, thank you so much for that story. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it, and I know our listeners will too. Now, I want to dive back into what we were talking about earlier, the three values. And we left off one from before, and this is one that I think is probably my favorite one, experiences over possessions. This is so important to me, and obviously it's important to you. What does it mean to you, man? Yeah, well, obviously it means a lot. It's It's... Those three points were all came shortly after a the first big life-changing trip I did, and that was to a it was to Indonesia actually, a very small island in Indonesia, and I I booked that trip at a very hard point in my life, and I think anything everything great happens in your life usually at a point where things can go very terribly. And it's been this, my situation for a few times. The biggest turning points of my life have been at, really at the point of greatest tragedy. And I don't want to say I believe everything happens for a reason. I don't believe in fate that way. But what I do believe in is if you adopt the attitude and you say to yourself, everything can happen for a reason or I can make everything happen for a reason, then everything does. So it's, it's very, uh, it could be true in that sense. So 
if you're going through a hard situation, realize that a, a lot of people are, I would say most people who are living these crazy lives of, of it seems like a dream job and, and uh, paradise, they hit a point where they just said, enough, I can't, I can't live like this. I have to do something drastic and crazy. And uh, that was the, the jumping pad, the launching point to be able to live a life that they always dreamed about. So for me, I hit that point and I decided to do something crazy, which was go with a friend to this island of Indonesia called Hoga, which is an island off an island off an island, 36 hours away from the nearest city that had 24 hour power. Like it was, it was in the middle of nowhere. And originally it was supposed to be with a friend and the day came to pay the deposit and he didn't. And I did. And so I was locked into this one way trip. Well, not one way, <laughs> locked into this solo trip to the other side of the world by myself. So my buddy was gone. I it was, it was, was something that was just so incredibly scary for me that I was almost tricked into this into this solo trip uh, to the farthest point away from home that you could even physically be. But it was the best thing that ever happened in my life. I showed up and I I didn't know anybody and no one knew me and we all had to make these awkward first impressions and at the end of it all you realize it doesn't really matter. Um, what did matter is you're there and you're wide open, you're bare and you get to just be yourself. And, uh, it was so refreshing. This place didn't have running water, didn't have mirrors. We couldn't clean our clothes. We were just dirt balls for two months. Uh, with people wearing makeup and doing your hair, you had to stop because you were in the water all day long. And so it just became individuals, not and and didn't associate to the, the the most recent trends or how you should look. It was just how you did look. And personality shone out. And after that trip and being put through all those hardships, I realized really what the most important thing in my life was. And that was experiences. And sure, everyone needs possessions, not saying throw away everything you own. But realize those things don't make you a better person. They don't make you more more comfortable or happy. They don't help you live a, a better life. What they do is they can hold you back. Um, just always be mindful of that. And you you hear it often, the things that you own end up owning you and all these other, other quotes. And it's very, very true. And I think one of the most important things in life is being comfortable with nothing, being home wherever you are. And I used to get asked a lot whether I get homesick when I travel, because I am gone a lot of the time. I'm gone over half the year, uh, sometimes most of the year. And the answer is no, I, I don't get homesick because through those experiences, I found home inside myself. And the only way you could do that is by putting yourself through experiences. There's no amount of possessions that's going to make me be able to feel home wherever I am. They're going to make me feel home at my home with all of my possessions. Right. So I realize it's a very powerful feeling to be confident and happy within yourself and not really need any any external things to be that way. Yes, man. Absolutely. Now, two things about that. Firstly, this is really cool because we had an email uh, a little while ago from a guy called Billy. Real cool guy, total hippie, real legend, right? And he is just about to head out on his first solo, or his first trip, rather, and he's going to Indonesia, right? He was going to go with a friend, but for, for some reasons, he's not going with the friend anymore. The friend backed out, so he's now going solo. It's the exact same situation that you find <laughs> yourself in, man. That's so cool. And that's his, it's going to be his first journey as well. So, Billy, that one 
one's for you, man. That one's for you. <laughs> really, you have the time of your life, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Way to do it. Once you travel solo a couple times, you realize that it is the best way to travel. Sure, friends are great, and it's good to travel with them, but a solo trip is is unbeatable uh, because it makes you go out there and have experiences you wouldn't other, otherwise have. Exactly, man. Exactly. And it's, you learn, I mean, it's said all the time, but you do learn about yourself. You go to find yourself in a way and you learn about yourself. I don't think you find yourself. I think you realize yourself because yourself is always there. And the, the second thing I was going to say was like, we always try to kind of we and always who's we and when is always, but we always try and <laughs> kind of justify our, our feelings by external things. So if something happens, the something that happens isn't bad and the something that happens isn't good. But when it comes into our brains, we make it either bad or good. So a situation can be bad to someone and it can be the greatest thing in someone else's life. You know, it's completely down to inside, you know, yourself. So when you think about it like that, you see see a lot of, uh, especially in society and the media and everything, you see a lot of trying to create that happiness through those possessions and through external things, through, you know, through I'm doing this or this is my job or I have this TV. And it, it kind of bumps up the happiness. But then when the TV gets old, when the job gets boring, that happiness dulls down, you then have to create some more. But when you have this experiences over possessions mindset those experiences man they do do they live on i mean yeah i bet you can still remember that first trip to indonesia man yeah no definitely and uh it's it's defined me completely uh, it, it changed my life forever and those are the experiences those are the the the, the things in life that uh, i think are very worthwhile and uh, besides the story you can tell for a very long time, just just the, I mean, like I said, there's no mirrors, no running water. We were eating cold food three times a day because the local ladies that were making us food believed that hot food rots your teeth. So no matter how many times they were told that, no, that's ridiculous, not brushing your teeth and eating sugar rots your teeth, they just wouldn't listen because their belief was hot food rots your teeth. So going, I mean, that's not a particularly uncomfortable thing. I mean, I don't mind eating hot food or cold food, but not having running water and having to pour mosquito larva filled ice water on your back three times a day from a hole in the ground, that makes you a bit more bulletproof in life. And really, to be a happy person, you have to be able to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And if your whole life, if you're surrounded with, you know, nice fluffy pillows and, and, uh, and you know, uh, very little that challenges you, uh, you become challenged by the most mundane things. I mean, if, if the subway is 10 minutes late, then it's like the world's ending where you go to Nicaragua and they, they hold the bus for 45 minutes because some guy lost a chicken and they've got to wait, you know, and it just puts everything in perspective. All the stress, I think stress is one of the biggest killers in the world, maybe not directly, but indirectly. And what travel does is it puts you through all these stressful situations and after a, a year or two uh, of getting through that you just don't barely stress at all i would consider myself a very stress-free person because I've, I've been through some stuff that puts the rest of life into perspective and it makes you just step back and be like what's really the problem here the world's not going to end uh, every everybody's safe and happy and that's all you can ask for <laughs> you speak in my language man it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like with these with these possessions and with these other things we're trying to uh, we're trying to up that happiness you know what I mean but then when you have these experiences like you said before you you learn from it and you kind of you add more 
to your person. It's, it's a hard thing to put into a sentence, but you take these things from these places. Maybe in one place you didn't have running water so that, you know, you take that with you. You take the feeling of not having running water with you and it adds on and it all adds up. And the more you travel, the more you get out there, the more, the more you become vulnerable to these things and open to these experiences, the more of these things add on to you as a person, you know, and it's not like anything's being taken away apart from, you know, <laughs> taking things for granted and other things like that. And that's what I love about travel man you can go somewhere you can see how how some people live or you can live in a place and it be totally different and that just all adds to you as a person you come back to if you have a home you come back home and you are changed and you are growing and you are new and as long as you continue that curiosity as long you can as long as you continue that creativity then you will continue to be a new and growing person you know man i love that Hundred percent, hundred percent, and uh, the the biggest the biggest thing is it, like you were saying, it's almost like you level up your character. You know, every every trip you do, every experience you go through, you you develop so much, and you get this you get this this feeling that everything's going to be okay, no matter what happens. If if your girlfriend, uh, oh, that's, that's terrible. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> nice dark. <laughs> but let's let's bring that back a little bit. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, if, if your girlfriend breaks up with you or, or, you know, you get fired from your job or any of these things, you just have this, this, this feeling that everything's going to be okay because you've been through crappy situations before and you've made everything okay. That flexibility, that resourcefulness, all of these different things come back and they help you so much in life. And that just the attitude, like I can make this work. It's going to be okay. Allows you to follow your dreams because to do anything in life, to do these big risks, these things that you want to do. People always want things. They always wish for things, but no one has hardly anybody puts the action items in and, and makes them makes themselves do it because I think we're all a little bit scared. And you know what though? Tangent off a tangent is that that I think that is one of the biggest things in life that that separates successful people living their dreams and people who feel like they can't is because you only see the side of the show that is the success. You don't ever see the shroud in the middle of failure, well, failures, whatever you want to call them, but just miss swings and opportunities that, that were squandered and all these different things that, that, that didn't quite hit home. We only ever see them for their, their, their best home run. And we think that uh, that was just their first attempt. They're, they must be natural. They're talented. They're more talented than I am. They were born to do that. We don't see all the times that they, you know, flubbed up a public speech or missed the shot or made a crappy video. You only see like the big one. They're like, oh, wow, they're special. They're famous. And really, the, 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 the path in between is, is that what we should focus on or what you should realize is that all these people who are naturally gifted, we say, or talented is just it's not a talent. It's a skill. It's just a skill of practicing, practicing, practicing for a long time. And then you'll eventually make it. And sure, there's people who get wrapped up and thrown in these famous positions. I'm not going to name their names, but uh, and they're famous for no reason. But the majority of people living amazing lives, doing what they want, is because they worked at it and they weren't good at it in the beginning. They were just curious and they wanted to push at something they love to do. And that's something we have to focus on more is, is realizing that we can be whatever we want to be. It's just pushing through those tough moments and saying, I can make this work. It's going to be okay. And that's what travel teaches you. Yes, man. I'm telling you, tangent off a tangent should be the subtitle of the show. Honestly, that's where the gold is. 
<laughs> yeah. That's great, man. And uh, to tie it back around to the start with uh, with social media and being connected all the time in your pocket, even when you're traveling. And what we what you were saying before, what you're seeing is people's showreels, uh, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever. You're only seeing them at the best moments, and you're comparing it to your blooper reel. You know all of the terrible things <laughs> that you've done. You know how boring your life can be, and you're comparing your boring uh, blooper reel to their showreel. And it's exactly what we, you were saying before. Man, I could talk to you all night about this stuff, but we do have to wrap this up. <laughs> I really could talk to you all night about this stuff. It's been really great having you on, man. Is there anywhere you'd like to uh, send people to? Where can people find you online? After doing a lot of great uh, travel projects for tourism boards and travel brands, I'm now focusing mostly on my YouTube channel, which is Kick the Grind or just youtube.com slash Mike Corey. And I post a weekly video there of places that pretty much exclusively places that I find with some hard work that haven't really been captured before on video. I, I find that searching out those, those brand new things is quite exciting. And sure, the trips don't always go as planned, but you can find some really incredible things out there and share them with the world. So for example, I just posted one yesterday of this, uh, it's called Teufelsburg or Devil's Mountain. And it's not too far out in the middle of nowhere. It's actually in Berlin, but it's an old abandoned uh, NSA listening station, a spy base that was built there in the Cold War to listen to Eastern Germany and East Berlin. Uh, That's the conversation the Soviets were having. So basically it looks like a James Bond moon base on top of this hill with these giant domes. Anyway, it's been abandoned for a long time and it's an incredible thing to see if you're into urban exploration. That's one example. So uh, these little these little places that, again, aren't very famous. You're not going to find them in a pamphlet or find a tourism board recommending them, but damn, are they cool. So I post one of those every, every Wednesday on my YouTube channel and it makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Go check it out. Say hi. I always try to answer back. And I'll be posting some pretty abstract, abnormal places on there coming up. Actually, the next video, or one of the ones coming up in the next month, is this cemetery in Indonesia where they don't bury their dead. They place them underneath the tree because they say the dead bodies mask the scent of this tree that apparently is beautiful. And it's a tradition there. So you can go visit the cemetery and it is a whole different crazy world there. Uh, and I'm excited to put up videos that are like that, that are a little bit shocking. The whole point of that channel is to, is to, is to capture things that would make some people uncomfortable, but showcasing them in a way that, uh, that the locals think is completely normal. Uh, I really find that fascinating, whether it be eating strange foods or visiting these shocking places, these beautiful places that are very strange, is that the locals think it's normal. And it tr- twists your mind to think that something so foreign, disgusting, and strange to us, it's just so 100% normal over there. I love those things because it tests how you think and it tests what you think is right and wrong in the world. Uh, it makes you ask questions. It makes you curious. And that's what I love to cover on the channel. Yes, man. I totally love that stuff too. And I'm really excited to watch that video now you said about it, man. I can't wait till it's up. Might be a Halloween special. Oh, loving it, man. Loving it. Well, thank you very much for coming on, dude. It's been a lot of fun. We'll put all the links in the show notes for you listeners. Mike, thanks so much for coming on, dude. It's been great. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Travel Stories Podcast. Let us know if you enjoyed it on TravelStoriesPodcast.com or on iTunes with a review. We'd love to have you over at the Facebook Live session discussing this week's topic on Tuesday at 7pm GMT, 2pm Eastern and 11am Pacific. Just search Travel Stories Podcast on Facebook. 
If you'd like a chance to win a Grail ultralight purifier, you can either join our mailing list at travelstoriespodcast.com slash list or ask us any question you like at travelstoriespodcast.com slash ask. On behalf of myself and the team, thanks again for listening to the show. We truly appreciate it and would love for you to join us next week for another episode of the Travel Stories Podcast.